And we're back on Inside Black and Gold. That was a long mock draft session. I told Steve that doing both of them in one segment will probably end up running long because we're incapable of doing this in a concise and efficient manner. And he said, no, we'll be fine. And then there you are. But we got one more to bring in. We're going to do a mailbag. So I'm Jeff Black. He's Steve Geller. And the first question in the mailbag, and I'm going to throw this to you, Steve, says Saint for Life. Ellis had one good year. I'm not breaking the bank or doing a long-term deal with him two years after he has more time to prove himself than reevaluate. And I think the idea here is like, would you sign Caden Ellis to a long-term deal based on what you saw last year? And I guess the other question is, what is a long-term deal? But what what do you think? Yeah, I I would look to... I I like what I've seen in his development uh, since the the Saints drafted him as a seventh rounder. And to me... I think he is a quote-unquote Dennis Allen guy. Uh, so I would think, Definitely. you know, they're, they're going to be looking to lock him up to a long-term deal. I would imagine a, a, a four-year deal for Ellis, three, four-year deal would be something that makes sense to me just because of, of what he showed you at progressing the position. But yeah, I'm not I'm not throwing, uh, you know, a Brinks truck at him, backing it up and, and dumping money uh, along the way. I, just, I would think, though, that he has performed at a level where you want to consider he's developed in your system and I think has even more room to grow kind of thing. Yeah. I, I think it would just be disappointing to not be able to retain him. Assuming you can be retained at a reasonable number. Sure. Now I, I argue with people all the time that say Trey Hendrickson leaving was like the worst mistake the saints ever made. And I would agree with you if the Bengals didn't drop a bag on him because they did. <laughs> and you were never going to pay Trey Hendrickson what the Bengals paid him. And and it's like, yeah, you get a third round comp pick for that. Thanks. If someone does that with Caden, it becomes difficult. And no, I'm not trying to give him a $20 million a year contract. But if we're talking $10, $12 million a year over three years, four years, he wants to be here and he's going to set it up in a team friendly way. I don't want it to be like a Von Bell situation. Cause, cause like I was more annoyed that they let Von Bell walk Amen. than they let I agree totally. Walk. Because of the contract Von Bell got, it was only like three years, 18 million. And you could have matched that. And you chose not to. And that's the situation. I'd like to not see them. Yeah, like, yes, I agree. He's done it for one year. You'd like to see him do it more consistently. But in order to do that, you have to make sure he's still around. So you're going to have to pay him something. Yeah, to be too a Von Bell, he showed he was a guy that was one ball hawk, turnover, happy, whatever you want to call it was able to, to generate those those takeaways. And just someone who I thought was a pretty outspoken guy and that had a, team a, good, a good voice for the locker room. And and, and that, yeah, that just, that one just perplexed me too. Yeah, I wasn't a fan of it. But yeah, that, that's where I, w- I would be annoyed if he ended up signing with the Jaguars for like $8 million a year. And you were like, ah, oh, we didn't think it was worth it. Or, or worse, you see something like... Uh, Oh, we're gonna we're gonna lure Ellis over to Atlanta with Ryan Nielsen kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I do think that he is a Dennis Allen guy more than he's a Ryan Nielsen guy. Okay, he does say really nice things about Dennis Allen. The, the thing is, though, you know, obviously, like you said, w- what if the ATL comes in with the bag dropping? Right, right. <laughs> but I also think like you don't want to let him go to Atlanta. You don't want to <laughs> no. play against this guy. <laughs> All right. Definitely so, one of the most improved players you could say that was on the roster last year. So the Saint for Life here says Throckmorton has a low grade. He isn't that good. He gets beat all the time. He's a backup. That's why he's a backup. Right. Right. 
And I would say he should be the backup to the backup. Like he should be the third string. But he is on the field way too much. And like I like Calvin Throckmorton. He works hard. He's a smart guy. You know, he's a good option to have around if you need someone to fill in, right? But he is should not be the first guy on the field when Andres Peet goes down. Like he, you have to have a better backup option when you know that guy gets hurt all the time. Obviously, the team thinks highly of him too because I know he was a quote unquote Zach Street favorite. So with Zach not around, they still like what Throckmorton's doing. You yeah, know, like he's a good player. For what he, but you have to understand what his ceiling is. Yes, right? right. You have to make sure what you're asking him to do is not unrealistic, and that's the problem we've had the last few years. It's Brian Cavett, will Loomis trade away assets and reach for another project? In the end, Alave and Penning will not. I repeat, not be worth it. Fire the kicker. Oh, fire the can kicker. Brian wants to get rid of Mickey. I don't think this is going to be a year that you that you get super aggressive and trade up in the first round. Unless a quarterback <laughs> falls that you really like, and like I, I agree that I think he's been a little too overzealous with some of the trades. The Troutman one, for instance, I think was a bit much, where you traded basically the back half of your draft to go get Adam Troutman. But in, in any instance where you're making sure you get a quarterback that you think is the guy, I'm going to co-sign it. Um, and so if that happened here, I wouldn't be mad. But otherwise, I do think this is a draft where you're collecting. You're collecting assets. You're trying to get players on rookie deals so that your cap situation is a little more manageable. So I would I would be surprised if they if they went up. But I disagree with this idea that Olave and Penning weren't worth it because I mean they're gonna if you have your wide receiver and your left tackle, then that's worth it. Well, Olave was just also in rookie of the year conversations and yeah. Penning obviously the, the injury hurts his first year of development, but we've we've I'm seen not hold that against him. <laughs> Like, I'm not going to hold that against the idea of drafting him. It, it's just unfortunate. Obviously, he had the foot injury and then all of a sudden ends the season with another injury. So there's concern with that, I get, from your from your first-round offensive pick, offensive I, lineman pick. I agree with that. But again, it's like conceptually like drafting him in the first yeah. place. It's not like not like people were like, you shouldn't have taken him. He's definitely going to get hurt. You know? No, everybody was all excited about the fact, oh, man, he's going to be mauling guys, starting fights every game. And that only happened in practice. <laughs> um, here's Dustin. Anthony Richardson had a three game span this year where he went zero TDs and four interceptions against lower tier competition. Yeah, I think one mistake that people make in the in the draft process is they get super enamored with with quarterbacks based on like highlight tapes and like wow, you see the same three throws over and over again, and it's like they're like they're he has some fantastic highlights, but like it's not the highlights that you're that you're worried about. It's like, okay, did he read this play correctly? Did he miss an open? Like, did he take off too early and bypass what would have been a big play? Did he throw to the wrong read? Does he, did he misdiagnose this defense? Like, that's the sort of thing that you're like, you need to look past the highlights and look, look at the film. And I think he did have long stretches where he struggled. Um, he's got all the intangibles in terms of arm strength, in terms of athleticism, in terms of size, you know, he's not a six foot guy like like a Bryce Young. But at, at that said, he is still a project. He is not. There's only two quarterbacks, I would argue, that you would draft expecting them to start week one. And neither of them are Anthony Richardson. Yeah. And I think if that's something where Richardson's a guy that ends up falling to the Saints, I don't have a problem with the pick at all. But if I, I don't know about trading up maybe to acquire him kind of thing. I wouldn't, I wouldn't 
you know, spend assets to go up in the draft again. But if, if it's a situation where things happen and he falls down to you, uh, this team's got to start developing quarterbacks somewhere. Yeah, right. You got to start somewhere. Exactly. <laughs> and and the thing is, if you do draft him, then I think that would make the Derek Carr decision for you. Because while he's a project, I don't think he's a Hendon Hooker project where you would, I think you would hope that by the end of his rookie season, he would be ready to at least get action. Whereas like, I think Hendon is a year, two years out um, before he's ready. So and like, I know everybody's big concern is obviously he's 25, 26 already. Yes. And so like, I think if you drafted a Hendon hooker, you probably could still bring in Carr, knowing that you ha- he's going to have free reign for however long he needs. And then hopefully by the time he- you're done with that, then you have a guy behind him who can step in. Whereas like if you draft Anthony, maybe you do bring back Andy. And because if you're looking for a guy to be a short-term bridge, he or Joe Flacco, I don't know if they're, they're basically neck and neck. Uh, good old good old Joe Flacco. Here's Dustin156. He says Jason Smith. He means Jackson Smith and Jigba would be a steal. I don't – probably. It seems like every Ohio State receiver is a steal. I just don't see how this team could justify bringing in another wide receiver at the top of their draft board. But, hey, who it, knows? Yeah, it's a, it's a hard sell, obviously, uh, especially when you see – you know, the investment in Olave and then the development of Rashid Shahid. Says Mozzie and Cyrus is a good haul, but dang, a year too late for double trenches. I was <laughs> screaming that last year. No way Jordan Davis shouldn't be in New Orleans. Come on, Saints. No ball. <laughs> I think that Jordan Davis was off the board by the time the Saints drafted Trevor Penning. But they did go up specifically to draft Chris Olave. Right. So, like... Yeah, I mean, I, I think if you were trying to draft Jordan, you would have sat and hoped. But yeah, I, I, I like Jordan a lot. I thought they, the Saints might go after him if he was. Yeah, he ended up thirteenth overall. There's uh, Luke Scout with clout says he has Ika above Mozzie Smith, which yeah, I think they're pretty. I think they're closer than PFF is telling you they are. Whether one's above the other, I don't know. But like, there, there's this idea that Ike Siaki is like a. I don't even know if I'm saying his name right, actually. I, I assume I am. Yeah, you're right. But the idea that he's in the third round, it, it seems like a stretch to me. It's I think that's more of like an anti-Baylor bias. <laughs> Here's another one. It says, we never used Bong correctly. He's a 3-4 edge rusher. We converted him to off-ball. I think there's merit to this. Yeah, I, I do not think he that. is at his best as, as like a roving linebacker. And it would be nice to see them try to use him more in a pass rushing um, role. But you have, I mean, you have a lot of edge rushers that you're trying to work in, right? Like, I'd like to see Peyton Turner get snaps. So, who's that? <laughs> so, those are the ones I had starred. And let's kind of go through. Luke also thinks that Zach Charbonnet looks like Deuce McAllister. He's kind of like that one cut guy. Dustin thinks the Bears will trade down. That would be the smart move. The question is, can you get a team to agree? Because yeah. The thing is, if you hold on to Justin Fields through a draft, the teams that are behind you will be very confident that you are not taking a quarterback. And so if you're the Colts, you know the Cardinals aren't going to take a quarterback. And if you are kind of split and you feel comfortable with either C.J. Stroud or Bryce Young, which I don't think you should. I think you should have a favorite. And if you don't, you're doing it wrong. But (laughs) if they do 
then you won't trade. So like that's where I could see because the Colts are the team that make the most sense to me if you're the Bears trying to trade down. Yeah, the like you said, the the biggest thing is going to be about finding the the right partner. But what about like even and I I don't know. I'd be interested to see like the the Lions really going to stick with Goff kind of thing. Would they be willing to to make some kind of big move to get their QB situation a little different? I know there's a lot of different. I think views of Goff's play. I, I'm not a fan uh, of the quarterback and I'm surprised the lines were as successful they were with him. You know, it's interesting in both of our draft mock drafts, they the, like PFF had them taking Quentin Johnson. Huh. Okay. Actually it, in both of our mock drafts, they had very similar, similar runs here. So the Seahawks took Tyree Wilson in both of them. The Colts took a quarterback in yours. It was Will Levis in mine. It was CJ Stroud. The Cardinals in yours took Will Anderson and mine. They took Devin Witherspoon. And then it was Jalen Carter and Bryce Young. They're talking about aliens and octopuses in the in the chat here. Aliens and octopuses. Octopi, I guess. Octopussies. Yikes. <laughs> Miles from New Orleans. I'm not sure if he is Miles who lives in New Orleans or he has miles away from New Orleans. But I think that's the, that's, I think that's the, the play here. Yeah, we agree. Let's keep Ellis. Uh, yeah, I mean, things, are, things are getting weird. Dustin, Dustin's all over the place. I would definitely say he performed well in Werner's absence. I don't know if he, I would say he was clearly outperformed him. You know what I mean? No, I mean, they, they play different positions. I think, Caden can play the will. I don't think he is at his best in, in at the will, but he can do it. I think you want to see Caden more at the mic. And the thing is, Demario is not coming off the field ever. So that makes it kind of complicated. But you do need that rotation. I think you need three quality linebackers, and he is definitely one of them. Man, like, I can't even I can't even go through all of these comments because they're just nonsense. What is there is no soul? I don't know. It's uh, this apparently. I think he thinks we're in the Matrix. Close with this. Dustin before he went off the rails. It says pre combine drafts are all over the place. Yes, they are. Everyone's guessing, and after the combine, we're still going to be guessing, but we'll be guessing with different information. <laughs> but yeah, I, I think it's a good point. Like when you talk about like like again, Drew Sanders. He went ninetieth in this mock. He was mocked to the Saints at twenty nine multiple times. Uh, in recent weeks. I know you talked about how you had the Saints getting Penning and Olave, but do you remember early on, was that still the case too? Or obviously not, huh? I have to look. I was pretty high on Penning from the Senior Bowl on. Okay. Like that that was the first time I got a real good look at him because he played in Northern Iowa. I'm just not really exposed to Northern (laughs) Iowa, right? Really? (laughs) It's a good example of why the Senior Bowl was valuable. But yeah, I mean, I was pretty high on him. At that point, you know, the, the reason that the mock drafts were off at that point was because they only had the one first-round pick. And then they added the second one, and that's when I went with Chris Olave and Trevor Penning. But I think I did I did one video where I did, like, four different options, right? Like, Devontae Wyatt was on there. Desmond, I think Desmond Ritter was on there at one point. Kenny Pickett was on there. Um, but... The the one that the kind of like the official one was was that one, but it's it, it's it's weird because they the Saints will have kind of a bunch of top thirty visits, 
And that's where you'll get a bigger, a much better picture of who they're looking at closely. Cause you can bring in 30 players to have a, like a meeting with in your facility and work them out individually and take them to dinner and stuff. So that's like, they, they had one with Alante Taylor last year. They had one with Trevor Penning. Like if you're drafting a guy, he's going to be in that group. And you had great knowledge from the senior bowl. Who that's probably be- the one thing that I, that I'm very disappointed in, in my draft and that I know it's not going to be correct because none of the three players that I drafted went were at the senior bowl. Really? Okay. Yeah. You went with, yeah, come on, Jeff, you went with three non-senior bowl guys. Come I on. guaranteed that my picks are going to be wrong. <laughs> <laughs> the saints are even laughing. Going, this fool. Forget the combine. We know where all the talent is. That's it for me. They're still, still talking about radiation and stuff and, and alien movies. Can you convert radiation into energy? Horror stories are spooky. There is one. I hope Atlanta rides with Ritter. I think he has a low ceiling. I, I tend to agree. Like alien movies like Sigourney Weaver alien or no? That's not an answer that I possess for you. Gotcha. I was wondering because, yeah, I love the first two of those. After that, it's like, meh. Do you love me some aliens? <laughs> you know what my favorite alien movie is recently? Uh, Specific Rim? Because the aliens come from the ocean. It's fun. It's a fun, fun spin. Have you never seen Pacific Rim? No, I've heard of it, obviously, but I didn't know it was aliens from the ocean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's basically like Independence Day in reverse. <laughs> okay. They even, even Idris Elba even like stands up and gives like a, a Bill oh, Pullman no. type speech. It's got the guy from Sons of Anarchy in it. It's a good movie. You should watch it. As long as it's not three hours long, please. No, I don't think so. Good, yeah, I like them. Them two-hour movies giant are more robots, must giant monsters. I mean, come on, good stuff. Mindless entertainment for sure. No, it's mindful. Be mindful as you watch. <laughs> all right, that's it. That's it. That's the that's the that's the podcast. You got all the mock drafts. Steve is a Mozzie Smith guy. I'm an Anthony Richardson guy, but that's because he was still on the board. So we'll see by this time next week we will have completely different options. We're going to be right. updating this. I, w- I don't want to say weekly because we only have so much time every week that we probably don't want to invest it into a mock draft every week. But maybe every two weeks we'll do a new mock draft and uh, we'll see. Hopefully if people like this, if they don't, then we can kind of shift it and do something else. But I think this is kind of a good start and we can build from here. So thanks everyone for watching and listening and uh you haven't subscribed yet hit the subscribe button if you haven't listened or subscribed wherever you get your podcast do that give us a review give us a rating very much would appreciate that and uh yeah you got anything for them as we leave steve thanks for being inside black and gold well said